Kentucky guy. Hey, it's me, Donnie Cage. And we are the hosts of Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Between the two of us, I have 25 years of wrestling experience. Amazing, Donnie. Uh, I actually have 30 years, so that's 55 years of wrestling watching experience which just is amazing. Hey, once again, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode. Uh, if you're new, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button, no matter where you're listening to us from. Uh, we do drop new episodes here every Monday and Friday, so be sure to check us out on our other episodes. Uh, Donnie and I always have a lot of fun, and uh, we like bringing you guys and involving you into the conversation. We do talk about wrestling past present and future superstars and promotions all right donnie let's get out of here buddy hey hope you guys enjoy the show thanks All right, and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, the Kentucky Guy. Along with your other host, Donnie Cage. Donnie Cage, how are we doing today, buddy? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Happy Labor Day to everyone who had off and is enjoying this wonderful national holiday. Uh huh. Did you have it off? I did. Wow, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, if this is your first time joining, uh, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. Uh, we are actually on all platforms, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and the list goes on. Also, Donnie, Donnie has his uh, own podcast that he's a co-host and creator of. You want to tell everybody about that, sir? That's right. If you are a Twitch streamer or Twitch follower, you can catch the Uncaged Voice podcast on Twitch with myself, Top Tier Brian, and Jigsaw Jester. And you can also catch reruns on YouTube as well on the official Uncaged Voice podcast channel. Yep, yep. Very, very, uh, very good videos. I, I had a chance to check them out here a while back. And uh, if you like gaming videos and the conversation that goes along with that, um, I think you guys will enjoy that. Uh, also, if... Uh, you're into news, current events, political things of that nature. Uh, I do host the uh, Red Pill Current News Podcast. Uh, we are on all platforms as well. And uh, we drop new episodes there every Wednesday and Saturday. Here on the Wrestling Against the Mat Podcast, uh, we drop new episodes here, Donnie and I do, every Monday and Friday. Uh, let's see. Also, if you ever want to be on the show or... Uh, you have any questions for Donnie or myself, you can always contact us at OLKentucky99 at yahoo.com. And that's OLKentucky spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. So what a weekend. What And I say this a lot. I find myself repeating what a time to be a wrestling fan. But for real, man, 
what a weekend to be a wrestling fan. Three pay-per-views, uh, and I even forgot about the one. We didn't even make any predictions on uh, the NXT pay-per-view, but I did get a chance to fit it in and watch it. Uh, just amazing. Uh, what are your thoughts? Just just so much to unwrap, and, uh, you know, it's, it's an exciting... Uh, it's exciting for everybody, whether you're WWE, NXT, AEW fan. I mean, it was a big weekend for all three promotions. I mean, I know NXT is obviously an affiliate of WWE, but many people treat it like its own separate thing from the main roster stuff. But it was uh, it was an eventful weekend. Lots of controversy, too. Absolutely. So, speaking of controversy, uh, let's start out uh, with AEW All Out. Uh, <laughs> and, and uh, I'm I'm just going to jump to the main event. Uh, John Moxley versus CM Punk AEW World Championship. Uh, Donnie, you actually uh picked CM Punk to win. Um, and I picked John Moxley, so you got that one. Um, here's something that it, it kind of disgusts me <laughs> in a way. Um, Punk. He pinned Moxley cleanly. Uh, what are your thoughts about that match? I just don't understand. I watched the uh, the uh, the news uh, conference afterwards with CM Punk, and this guy is right back to being his old cocky self. Uh, I, I I'll just go ahead and turn it over to you before I say something I'll regret. Well, like I said, my prediction would because they were going to be in Chicago. I said. CM Punk is probably going to end up winning this match. It's probably going to be a hard-fought battle. Do I agree with the decision to put the belt back on him? Well, there's a way that it could have been done. Was was this the right way to do it? I, I kind of question that booking decision. And then to see kind of what happened after the pay-per-view at the press conference. I mean, to be perfectly honest, that kind of made my stomach turn a little bit, too. Because, uh, it, to me, it displayed a complete lack of professionalism on the part of CM Punk. And I know there's a lot of insiders who claim, oh, this is probably all just a work, uh, it's being made to look real, but I'm not entirely sure about that. The stuff that I read that went down after the press conference leads me to believe that this was the real thing. Yeah, I don't think it was a work at all. I think, uh, I mean, his comments about Coke Cabana... Uh, that's not a, that. That's public knowledge. They can play it off as a work all they want to, but that's public knowledge. That's been going on for years. And uh, I tell you, CM Punk. Yeah, he ticked me off. But you want to know who really ticked me off was his little bitty girlfriend next to him, Tony Khan. Tony Khan played up to him uh, like he's his little b-word. It, it was just it was disgusting. And to have a champion like John Moxley. Um, I, I just, uh, and John Moxley put him over. I mean, evidently John knew what was going to happen and he, and he agreed to it. Um, you know, them taking that title from him and Triple H being in charge of creative, he's been there quite a while now. They better, Tony Khan better watch. Uh, he may lose one of his, maybe two, because the next guy we're talking about is liable to go there too. Uh, but, uh, he's liable to lose two of his top performing superstars. Uh, just because he's a uh, he's a fanboy of CM Punk. Yeah, and you know, we've said before that it's great to have someone in charge of a wrestling promotion who is a wrestling fan himself. It's no question that Tony Khan brings a lot of 
um, passion to what he does. But if you're going to actually run a company, you need to run that company. And sometimes you have to be, for lack of a better term, the a-hole boss who puts his foot down and says, listen, uh, there are some things I'm going to allow and there's some things I'm not going to allow. And I don't care how big of a star you are, you still work for me at the end of the day. I write your checks. You're not just going to go into business for yourself whenever you feel like it. And I don't get the sense that Tony Khan is doing any of that right now. No, and I tell you, uh, the only person speaking up is his uh, vice president, and that's uh, Kenny Omega from what I'm understanding. And uh, you know what? If Kenny Omega is the mouthpiece, of the company, he needs to be the ones in the press uh, conferences uh, showing that sense of force. I mean, Tony looked, I, in my opinion, man, and you and you can comment on this before we move on, uh, I think he really looked weak and really bad at that press conference. I, I mean, I agree 100%. There's no other way to describe it. I, I watched some of the footage myself, and he's just kind of like, just kind of sitting there. He might as well just be just be on his phone texting people while while the press conference is going on because he didn't even seem like he was an active part of it. He apologized for commenting on the Coke Cabana and CM Punk uh, issue that's been going on for years. And CM Punk turns to him and he goes, "Well, we're all learning. We're all learning here." I mean, it's just. Uh, I don't know, man. I really, I really enjoy watching AEW, um, and I'm going to continue watching it, especially for this podcast. But uh, they're not going to stay in business uh, the way they're doing things. It, it, it's too much, like Eric Bischoff and uh, Russo at WCW days when they brought in that new blood crap and all that. It, it all reminds me so much of that. It's not even. Yep. Uh, so then, Hello. go ahead. Sorry. And I was just going to say, I think that's what a lot of people worried about, too, when this promotion was first launched. They said, how long before they make the same mistakes as WCW 20 years ago? <laughs> well, uh, evidently it was, what, four years? <laughs> <laughs> that's all it took. <laughs> all right, so the next match that we made a prediction on was the Lionheart, Chris Jericho, uh, up against the American Dragon, uh, Brian Danielson. I personally thought that was a good match. Oh, the uh, the winner of that one is me. I picked uh, Jericho. You actually picked uh, Brian Dane. Yep. That was a... Uh, I thought that was a good match, a very good match. Uh, I was glad to see, and I know you don't like him uh, when this happens, but I was glad to see uh, Sammy there. Uh, he w he did have a match in the uh, house show. I, I didn't realize that. I, I was wondering why. I thought he might have been the Joker, if you remember last episode. Uh, but yeah, um, I thought that was a good match and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I can't take anything away from Brian Danielson. Uh, after the match, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, Jericho went up to, uh, Daniel Garcia. He actually put him in a match for a title match, uh, against, uh, one of the combat club members, Wheeler Yuta, uh, for his pure, uh, ROH title. And, uh, he said something interesting, Jerry. He said, you'll have to do it without me, Chris Jericho. So, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, that Garcia thing is not over by a long shot. Um, he didn't like how Jericho won, but uh, I liked it. <laughs> well, Jericho's always been a crafty one. We all know that. Uh, whether, he can, whether he beats you clean or whether he finds some... Uh, Dirty trick to win to win the match. He'll figure out a way, especially if he's 
familiar with his opponent, which he is you know, from the WWE days. He is familiar with Brian Danielson. Yes, and uh, also Jericho. Uh, the reason why I made that statement a minute ago about maybe two, Tony Khan maybe losing two of uh, his superstars is Jericho is on a podcast, uh, and he actually mentioned that uh, he wouldn't mind, quote, I wouldn't mind retiring uh, in the WWE. So that tells me a whole story there. What about you? Uh, I, I, I don't think Chris Jericho is going to drop a hint like that and there not be some truth to it. And I, and honestly, I always thought it was going to be strange considering how many years he was with WWE for him to end his career someplace else. So I think, even if it's just for a really short-term run, I, I do think eventually we'll see him back in WWE. Yep, and uh, to be honest with you, um, if you go back and you watch Chris Jericho in WCW uh, and also in NWA uh, and Ring of Honor uh, years ago, um, he really, he, he built his whole persona of the guy who can reinvent them, himself so many times in the WWE. Uh, I mean, if it wasn't for the WWE, I don't even know if he would have the popularity. I mean, he's a fantastic athlete. He's one of my favorite wrestlers, but the acknowledgement that he got in the WWE and the push, uh, so many different things, the list. I mean, there, there's just so many times he reinvented himself. Um, I remember the first time he showed up and The Rock was in the ring talking. Uh, so kind of like AJ Styles and Impact, uh, if there wasn't a Jericho in WWE, I don't think great Jericho would have been. Uh, yeah, and I uh, I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, even though he was making splashes in WCW, especially his last couple of years there, he's really getting to show his personality more. There was a ceiling for him. They still looked at him as a mid-carder at the end of the day. They still wanted to push their Hulk Hogan's and their Kevin Nash's and their Goldberg's and everything. Um, and Chris Jericho was seen as an upper mid-carder, whereas he came to WWE, and it didn't happen overnight, but I'd say, you know, within two years of him coming to WWE, look, at the, look, he's, he's world champion, he's main eventing pay-per-views, and he's being given that platform to show how big of a star he really is. Yeah, at a year and a half into his career, uh, almost two years, like you mentioned, uh, he was, he's the first ever undisputed, uh, world champion of WWE. He beat The Rock and Stone Cold in the same night. So yeah, that, I mean, that, that's a huge push in itself, right? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, WWE, I mean, WCW, I think about them and, and, and what they did with Chris Jericho and another guy, uh, who I really like, uh, Jeff Jarrett. They, they, you know, they had the talent. But like you said, they wanted to they wanted it to be all about Ric Flair. If not about Flair, then Hogan comes. And uh, it's just, uh, it's sad. They, they really had a lot of opportunity there, and they blew it. Um, so the next match uh, was for the interim uh, Women's uh, World Championship. And these matches are not in order, by the way. These are just the way uh, we predicted them. Uh, Tony Storm versus Dr. Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter versus Akara Shada. Uh, and, uh, Donnie, you won that one. Um, you picked Tony Storm to win. I actually picked, uh, Dr. Britt Baker. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't, 
I just don't think Tony Storm's good enough to be champion, but she won the match. Yeah, and uh, I, I think it's good that they're giving another person a chance to hold the AEW women's title. I'm assuming that when Thunder Rosa is healthy enough to get, get back into the ring, that we're going to have a, a another match between the interim champion, I hate that word, and the actual champion to determine who's the undisputed AEW women's champion. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, Kentucky guy, and there's a part of me that kind of wishes that they would just combine the TBS and the AEW Women's Championship into one belt and unify that because I just, I, I don't know, there, there's too many titles in AEW right now, number one, and, you know, you, you still have a lot of women who can compete for the belt, and I don't know, I just feel like if they had one women's title instead of two, it would it would make it feel that much more important. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, my only My only thing on that, uh, and we've talked about this before, uh, is they just have too many superstars uh, just to have the one belt in the female division. They have a lot of female. Uh, if you look at the roster, uh, they have uh, almost as many uh, female superstars as WWE does on both shows. So uh, just having one title, um, and not, not every great superstar has to be a champion. I understand that. But they that should be their motivation at least. To go after a title, and if you're number twenty, if you're an outstanding, let's put Jamie Hader, who did very well in that match. I was very impressed with her. Let's say that uh, she's like number fifteen. You know, if you have one belt, she's fifteen down the line. She's too good to be number fifteen in line, even though she doesn't have to have a title for her legacy. That still should be the goal. If you're wrestling in any promotion and your goal is not to be the world champion, what are you doing? Why are you there? Yeah. No, it's, uh, can't argue with you on that one, Kentucky guy. Uh, then the next match was, uh, and we both got this one correct, uh, was Swerve in Our Glory versus the Acclaim for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. So here's something I got out of that match. First of all, props to the Acclaim. That match was better than what I thought it was going to be. A lot better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That tells me a story, though. And the story, the end of that story that that match tells me is, and it won't be the acclaim, but I do not think that Swerve in Our Glory is going to hold on to those titles much longer. Your thoughts, sir? I agree 100%. And like I said, uh, based on how the the kind of response the, the acclaim's been getting from the crowd lately, I figured that, that they were they were locked to win the belts. But that being said, I, I agree 100% with you. I think Swerve in Their Glory is going to go there, going to lose the belts in the near future and go their separate ways, probably. Um, I don't know if that's going to mean that one of them is going to turn heel and then they're going to feud for a while. Um, I mean, common sense would tell you that if Swerve and um, Keith Lee are going to feud, that Keith Lee would be the heel and Swerve would be the babyface just because of the size difference alone. But then again, if they did that, I also think that would make it too similar to the Ricky Starks Powerhouse Hobbs program, which we'll get to in a bit. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's time for Swerve and their glory to be, uh, to be unseated. And personally, I can't think of any better team to win the belts than the current belt collectors of AEW, as I like to call them, FTR. Oh, please. They're so overrated. <sighs> okay. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't think Heath Lee, he shouldn't even be wrestling. I can't wait until Swerve kicks him in the head <laughs> and moves on. 
Um, so the next match is uh, Jungle Boy versus uh, Christian Cage. I actually had Christian, of course, and uh, you had Jungle Boy. I actually won that one. Um, very, very shocking match. A very, very shocking uh, start to the match. Uh, Luchasaurus comes out the other side out of nowhere, and he slam, choke slams uh, the Jungle Boy and destroys him. Uh, so I, I personally think that's Luchasaurus's uh, ticket being punched. He's not going to be around much longer uh, because I think Jungle Boy, as much as I don't like Jungle Boy, he carried him. Uh, and he's the reason for all of Lucha, uh, Luchasaurus' success. Here's the strange thing, though. Luchasaurus didn't come out and, uh, after Christian hit the kill switch, he didn't come out and, uh, you know, shake his hand or leave with him or anything. So I don't know what happened there. They really didn't get into details. So I don't know. What are you hearing or what are your thoughts? I, mean, I think they're just leaving it mysterious right now. And, uh, I mean, obviously, before Jungle Boy came back, there seemed to be a bit of an alliance between Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. What's going to happen now, I don't know. I don't know if Luchasaurus is just going to go out on his own, which, personally, I mean, when you look at the talent that's in the company, he's he's just another body at that point. Like, okay, he's got a cool-looking mask, but other than that, what does he really have? Um, Christian Cage, the reason the match was so short, I've heard, is nursing an injury right now, so he couldn't work a long match. So they had to do this angle so that he could beat Jungle Boy and they could kind of move on from it for right now. Yeah, I yeah I heard that uh, he was injured as well. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know why. It's one of those, th it's kind of like the Judgment Day when they kicked out Edge. Why do you team Luchasaurus uh, with Christian and then when Jungle Boy comes back, he turns on Christian to go with Jungle Boy and then he turns around now and uh <laughs> he turns on jungle it, it just it, there's too much to it you know what i mean it's not going to make any sense to the common fan uh there, it's just too much i think yeah 100 percent. i mean you need to you need to book a story that makes sense and right now i'm just i'm just bamboozled by the whole yeah, thing yeah and and once again i'm going to go on record and say this luchasaurus what he did sunday uh, he punched his ticket. He's going to be unemployed very soon. Uh, so the next match uh, was uh, Jade Cargill versus Athena uh, for the AEW TBS Championship. Uh, you actually won that one. You had uh, Jade retaining the title. I actually thought Amber Moon was going to win that match. Um, but when she came out, I'm going to be honest with you, she looked a little scary. So <laughs> I was like, man, you know, so... But uh, Jade, I mean, they're keeping that undefeated record, buddy, and they're not seeming to let go of it at all. Your thoughts? Oh, I, I, I think it's smart booking because it's gonna it's gonna have that much bigger of an impact when she eventually does drop the belt. And will she drop it to Athena slash Ember Moon in a future match? You, you never know. Um, I mean, I could very easily see them trying trying to pull that whole. Uh, multi-woman match where Jade doesn't actually get pinned, but she still loses the belt, which that's always been my biggest issue with triple threats and fatal four-way matches that the champion doesn't actually get pinned in order to lose the title. I've always hated that rule, regardless of whether it's a face or a heel who's the champion. Um, personally, I think when Jade drops the belt, she I mean, I mean, she just needs to suffer a clean pinfall loss, and that'll 
that'll create maximum impact and it will instantly make the person that beats her into a star. But who do they have to beat her? You see what I'm saying there? She's beaten everybody. I mean, who really, who do, who do they have now? Uh, I mean, that's why I thought Amber Moon was going to win. I mean, uh, you tell me, I'll ask you, uh, you, you, you pay just as much attention to AEW as I do, but who do they really have that, uh, that they build up at least enough, uh, female wise to take the belt from her? Yeah. I mean, I mean, unless they're going to move, I was going to say, unless they're going to move Jamie Hayter, maybe out of the AEW women's title scene and have her challenge for the TBS title, maybe turn face and break away from Britt Baker. It's it's really hard to predict who's gonna who's gonna do it at this point because you've got uh, Tay Mello who's with Sammy Guevara. You know she's not gonna wrestle Jade anymore. She already tried and lost on a couple occasions. Anna Jay when she was still on her own also lost to Jade. Jade's now beaten Athena. So uh, I, I I mean are they will they pit Hikaru Shida against Jade potentially? I don't know, but I think they they lost the perfect chance with uh, Athena or or Tony Storm. Uh, I think almost they have to bring somebody from the outside, like a new competitor, in uh, to beat her. It, it's just my thinking because that's the only way it's going to make sense. How are you going to have somebody uh, actually beat somebody who has this? Unless you do a three way or four way, like you mentioned, uh, but you're going to have somebody who's been this undefeated, this dominant who's beat everybody, and if she hasn't beat everybody who's faced her, she's beat people who have beat that person, is my issue. Uh, so, yeah, I, I almost think, you know, you need like a, uh, like another Tony Storm or somebody coming from the outside uh, in, and you never know, that could happen. Uh, there's all kinds of females in this business. Um, so, I guess we'll see. Uh, the next match uh, was amazing. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, Claudio, uh, versus, uh, Dante Martin versus, uh, Pena, Pentagon, uh, versus brother Ray Phoenix versus Andrade versus Rush versus Wheeler Yuta versus the Joker in the casino ladder match for a future AEW world title shot. Now, uh, both of us got it right because we both picked the Joker, uh, this was, I thought this was the steal of the show, in my opinion. This was better than the John Moxley and CM Punk match. This was better than it all. Because I've never seen anything like this. And I have, but it's been many years. And I don't know if this is a faction or if this was a one-time thing. But there's a bunch of guys come out in a mask. They climbed up. And they got the uh, briefcase or contract or whatever it is. Uh, and then, and then they actually revealed themselves. They took the mask off. Uh, it was Austin and uh, Colton Gunn, uh, W. Morrissey, uh, Lee Morty, and Ethan Page. And then a wrestler comes out who is dressed as a devil. And I knew, I knew it was MJF. I knew it was, especially when he went to go act like he was going to take his mask off. I, I, I knew that was him. And uh, they hand him the contract because they work for him. And uh, so now MJF was as a joker. He revealed it at the end of the night. 
he come out and stared at CM Punk after Punk retained the or Punk uh, won the uh, AEW championship. And uh, it's about time. Uh, Tony Khan was asked why now, uh, and he said that he actually asked uh, MJF to come back now because uh, it'd been too long and this was a major uh, show. Um, I, I thought the timing was great. Uh, I love if this is his new faction. Uh, because he's been known to create them, even at AEW. Uh, wow, what a <laughs> what a start! Um, your thoughts? I mean, as I've expressed before, as much as uh, I personally dislike uh, MJF's smug attitude, the booking of this angle was pretty much perfect. Because first, you had the, these group, this group of masked guys come out. You know, first of all, who are these guys? They're beating up all the contestants in the casino ladder match. We haven't even seen the Joker yet. Guy climbs up the ladder, grabs the chip, you know, you know, in place of a briefcase, and then the then the music starts playing, and a guy dressed like you said in a devil mask comes out. And I and I agree with you. My first thought was, well, this is MJF pulling the ultimate swerve right now. And no, of course he's not going to take his mask off because we've got to be super dramatic and save it for later in the show. But then, of course, when the reveal was finally done, it was it was a great moment to have that stare down at the end between him and CM Punk. The crowd went nuts when he put his scarf on and the music started playing. You know, so this is this is going to be interesting to see where it goes from here. And but 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 I mean, my question is: there's no doubt that because he was in his hometown, CM Punk was going to get a big reaction from the crowd. But you saw the reaction that MJF also got. How in the world are they now going to get the crowd behind CM Punk, especially with what happened at the press conference afterwards? I almost feel like just automatically, whether he wants to be or not, MJF, at least in the crowd's eyes, is going to be treated like the face here. Yeah, and uh, he he doesn't want to be. Uh, if, <laughs> if you notice, when he walked out and the crowds went started cheering for him, what did he do? He started flipping them off. <laughs> He does not want to be a face at all. <laughs> uh, MJF is that, and shame on you for not liking his smug attitude. He is that. He, he is that guy <laughs> who can make you care even when you didn't think you cared about a match. And uh, I'm glad he's back. Um, the uh, who is the uh, guy that keeps handing out the business cards? Okay, so Hathaway. is he is he going to be like the Kelly Blanchard uh, of this faction is my question because all of these guys that came out that had the mask on, uh, he gave business cards too, if you think back, uh, over the last few weeks. Well, as I understand it, there's also some history from years past between Stokely Hathaway and MJF. I, I forget if it was MJF was in another promotion at one point and Stokely Hathaway either managed him or managed a faction that he was in, but the two of them have some history, as I understand. Yeah, so that should be interesting. And I noticed that that same person uh, wasn't out there. Uh, he actually, uh, he supposedly manages the baddies and uh, the TBS champion, but he wasn't out there for that match. Uh, so I'm just wondering, uh, uh, I, I don't know, I kind of see something here uh, where he's going to, you know, not... Not the diamond mine, but uh, something like that. Only uh, a hill group. Uh, it should be interesting. 
especially if he uh, if he has MJF a part of it. Ooh man, that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna be something worth watching. I hope they do. Uh, I, and you guys have heard me say this before. Uh, I don't know if I've said it uh, since you've been with me, Donnie, but uh, I hope because I miss the big factions that go out and take over shows. I hope they come out on Wednesday on Dynamite. I hope they take over the show, destroy the ring, just do something to cause pandemonium and chaos because that's what wrestling's all about. That's why we turn in. We don't tune in because we know who's going to win or, uh, you know, that would get boring and it'd be, they wouldn't have as many fans. You have to have a little bit of chaos. And uh, I miss those. Uh, the last group that I thought really done a good job on that was on Impact, actually, and that was the Aces and Eights. Aces and Eights. Uh, then the uh, next uh, next match that we made prediction on, we both got wrong, uh, and I don't understand the ending of this match whatsoever. Uh, it was Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, pretty disgusting that they let Powerhouse Hobbs win. Um, I, I I don't understand it. They once again. Uh, fanboy Tony, uh, you have a superstar in the making under Ricky Starks, and you let him lose at one of your bigger pay-per-views. It just does not make any sense to me. Your thoughts? I think in their mind, they're trying to build Ricky Starks up as this really popular wrestler who overcomes the odds and... I can understand that logic, but at the same time, if you're trying to build momentum for this guy, and he's already been beaten down week after week by um, by the factory, why not let him pull out a win here? I, and I don't care how he wins. I mean, whether he wins by a roll-up, a small package, whatever, you could say he, that he just simply outsmarted Powerhouse Hobbs after he was dominated in the match, but still would have popped the crowd, and it still would have been a big win for Ricky Starks. He, he did not need to lose this I match. Mean, who has Powerhouse Hobbs really beat in his career on AEW? That's why it baffles me uh, to let him, uh, for Starks to put him over. I, I just, I don't get it. Uh, I, I was, oh man, I was ticked off after that match. <laughs> I just don't understand it. Uh, the, next match, the next match actually ticked me off too. Uh, FTR and uh, Wardlow, Wadlow, whatever his name is. Big old jerk versus uh, Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns, who are freaking awesome. Okay, so you won this one, Donnie, because you picked your buddies, FTR and Wardlow, uh, to win this match. But it <laughs> never should have happened. Stop making this Wardlow guy look like he's invincible. Uh, all through the match, the Machine Guns had this match in hand. And Jay Lethal, like him or love him, he is one of the best performers out there right now. And to let this Warlow guy just start powerbombing people like he's invincible is just stupid. And I'm not here for that. I, I don't I don't care for FTR. I don't care for Wardlow. Hopefully soon somebody will take those titles from those guys and let's move on with our life. Your thoughts. Oh, Kentucky guy, the one thing I agree with you on is Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns undoubtedly are stars and great in-ring performers. I'm not trying to take that away from them, but it's very clear that FTR and Wardlow are the future of AEW, or at least the present, I should say, 
And in order to keep getting them over, you got to get give them the big win. And I mean, this was a big win for them, beating the former multi-time ROH World Champion and Jay Lethal, and the former Impact and ROH Tag Team Champions in the Motor City Machine Guns. This was a big win for this trio, and you know, kudos to them. I say. Uh, yeah, I figured you'd say that. So, <laughs> uh, the next match, uh, the House of Black. Uh, versus Sting, uh, Darby Allen, and uh, Miro. Um, neither one of us got this correct. We, we both picked uh, the House of Black. Um, very uh, old Sting, man. He uh, he comes in clutch. Uh, trust me, I wanted House of Black to win. I didn't, I didn't want it to end the way it did, but it's very surprising. Uh, a 60- or 50-year-old, however old he is, uh, Sting spitting the black mist into Malachi Black's uh, face and Malachi Black actually uh, is the one that got pinned, uh, which may go- coincide with the that you had on the last episode. So I thought that was kind of shocking. Your thoughts? Yeah, I did think it was kind of shocking because, uh, in a, you know, in addition to reading the story about Malachi Black requesting his release, I thought I'd also read a similar article that said that he had smoothed things over with AEW for the time being, but this could potentially be a way to write him off of programming, if he is indeed going to going to get his uh, release. Now, I, you know, again, I still have mixed feelings on this because I feel like even if Malachi Black gets written off, well, what are you going to do with Buddy Matthews and Brody King. Like, they're still under contract with AEW. And it's important to still, to still put them over. And don't misunderstand me. I don't think there's any shame in losing to people like Darby Allen, Miro, and the Icon Sting. But at the same time, I mean, these guys have been um, losing a lot as of late. And, w- and when you lose matches continuously, you lose momentum. And eventually you start to lose crowd interest. And I think that's what's going to end up happening to the House of Black if it continues on I this path. I couldn't agree more. Um, I actually think that it's already happening. Uh, these guys were in the trio tournament and uh, got beat as a trio and then got beat at this pay-per-view as well. And, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, okay, so Sting did, did uh, spit the black poison mist into his eyes, but I, I don't know, man. Uh, I just, uh, it, I, I think they're killing this this group i think they're going to kill this story uh and i think they've wanted to kill it for a while i felt like they haven't really cared about this story uh in a in a long time and uh so and i just think that tony khan and his creators don't know how to kill it (laughs) and and that's just my opinion i i don't know but uh they go ahead well, I was going to say, you know, it would be really cool. Let's just hypothetically say they write um, Alistair, Alistair, yeah, Malachi Black off of uh, TV and Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and Julia Hart are left without a leader. How cool would it be if instead of doing the obvious thing, which would be to go back to WWE, Bray Wyatt, probably under a new name, were to show up in AEW and were to, and were to take over as the leader of that faction? Uh, no, I'm not here for that at all. Bray Wyatt needs to come back as the fiend. He needs to be the fiend. <laughs> I knew you were going to say I knew. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for that. And uh, uh, we'll get to that here in just a minute because uh, one of the things that I've been waiting for 
actually did happen at Clashes the Castle. So, uh, so on the house show uh, uh, yep. tomorrow, Ishii, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, actually, both of us got it wrong. Eddie Kingston actually won the match. Um, stupid, 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 stupid. I don't know why this guy is over with the fans. Uh, he, he's not even a good wrestler. Uh, I don't get it. Your thoughts? No, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, Tomohiro Ishii is very well regarded over in Japan for his, uh, you know, for his striking ability and how much of a legit tough guy he is. And I, I figured this would be an easy, I don't want to say easy win for him, but I figured for sure that he would win this match. And yeah, I don't understand the logic. It, it, it seems like uh, Eddie Kingston's got a lot of friends in AEW, and that's the reason why he keeps pulling yeah, out these you know, victories. Yeah, I thought that that night when I watched this match. Uh, he needs to stay there for life because he's not going to get a push like this anywhere else. Uh, the next match, which I personally, we both talked about in the last episode. We don't know why it was on a pre-show, but it actually stole the pre-show and beat many of the main event cards, and that was Pack versus uh, Kip Sabian uh, for the AEW All Atlantic Championship. I thought that they both looked great. Uh, you actually won that one. You picked uh, Pack. I actually had Sabian, uh, but I thought that was a terrific match. One of my favorite matches of the entire card, main roster or main card or pre-show doesn't matter. Uh, I thought that was a great match. Your thought? Yeah, I, uh, I mean, both guys are talented, and I, I, I like what Kip Sapien's doing, uh, changing up his look compared to when he, when he was last on television, which it's been a while. It's been over a year since we saw him. I think at the time, he was still paired up with his wife, uh, real-life wife, I should say, Penelope Ford, but now he seems to be striking out on his own for the most part, and you never know, this might not be the last time we ever see him face off with uh, with, with Pac. Uh, although although it looks like they are, they've already dropped a hint at who Pac is going to feud with next, which eh, <laughs> could take it or leave it, to be perfectly well, honest. Well, don't leave us in suspense. Who is it? Or, uh, uh, Mr. Freshly Squeezed. Oh, yeah. I Orange see that, Cassidy. too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wasn't even thinking about that. That's not really going to be any competition for Pac. I thought these two put on a heck of a show. Um, the next match, uh, was, was actually longer and okay. Uh, I thought it was just going to be a wash was hook. Uh, we both got this one correct was hook versus, uh, Angelo Parker, uh, for his FTW championship. Um, you know, the match went longer than what I thought because of interference from, uh, Parker's, uh, buddy, who's also part of the, uh, Jericho appreciation society. Um, but, you know, I, I still enjoyed the match. I thought it was okay. Uh, uh, you know, at least Hook didn't come out there and beat him in 20 seconds like I thought was going to happen. So I thought it was okay for a house show. Hook is way too good to be facing these type of jobbers, though. Uh, and he's way too good to be on house shows. But, you know, you got to build them up as they come. They got too many wrestlers. And, uh, you know, he's still young. He's got a lot of years under his belt to go. So your thoughts? Yeah, and I think right now they're just trying to give Hook more experience. I mean, he's still, like you just said, he's still really young. I mean, I think he's been wrestling for still under a year, at least on television. And you don't want to hot shot him 
and you know too quickly before he's ready. You just got to give him that chance to keep building, keep building up his promos, keep building up his in-ring work. It's, it, I mean, it's there. The potential is there, and if they play their cards right, he could be a big star here in AEW for right. many Don't years to come. Don't blow him up. Don't make the mistake the WWE is doing with Logan Paul. Do not put him against major talent and put him over that fast. You're absolutely right. Take your time with him, and I'm okay with that because he's still awesome. I just would like to see him in more matches on television uh, just because I like to watch him fight. So, uh, Then uh, a match that um, we, didn't, we didn't actually make a prediction on, but uh, it's definitely uh, noteworthy, uh, was for the trio uh, championship. Uh, we didn't know who the elites were going to face because they were actually fighting that night of our last episode on Rampage. Uh, the winners ended up being Dark Order uh, with uh, Adam Page. This match, I thought, I thought it was a good match, but I thought it was interesting. Something deep inside of me, I, for some reason, I kept thinking that Page was going to turn on Dark Order and rejoin the elites. I don't know why. And then the match ended. He actually hit the guy in Dark Order. It cost him the match. But, um, you know, of course, they played it off as an accident. He didn't leave with the elite or anything. But there's something there, or am I just uh, wishful thinking? Well, there's always going to be history there because Adam Page used to be a part of the elite, and he used to be tag team partners with Kenny Omega. And he, of course won the AEW title from Kenny Omega. It was Kenny Omega's last match before he went on the shelf for a while. So there's always going to be that history there to to call back to. Um, you know, is Adam Page going to rejoin the Elite at some point? They could go in that direction if they want. Or they could just have him be his own man. That, you know, once in a while he'll join forces with people, but he's very much going to be alone. Yeah, but, um, yeah, okay, uh, but did you notice, I guess one of the reasons why I'm thinking this the way I am, did you notice every time that they double-teamed a member of the elites, uh, Paige would kind of uh, coach or yell at or something uh, to his team members on Dark Order? I thought that was interesting. Did you know? Did you catch that? That must have been uh, something I missed uh, that little moment, but it's a good yeah. It happened uh, three times I counted during the match, and uh, I really, I really thought that was interesting. I guess that's why I was. Gonna, don't get me wrong, I can take or leave Adam Page being a part of the elites. It doesn't matter. The right team won. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. They are the new trios champions um, and well deserved. Uh, I kind of think we all knew that was going to happen though when uh, Kenny Omega came back. Uh, especially since he came back earlier than expected uh, because he was still helping uh, uh, develop and promote the uh, new video game for AEW. I know they played it off that he was injured this long, but he's actually been recovered for injury for a while, been working on this game. But uh, anyways, that's a different story. Um, I just, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I can see something happening. Uh, maybe those guys questioning why Paige did that uh, was doing that maybe on Dynamite or, or Rampage or something, and uh, uh, before you know it, them turning on Page, making him look like uh, the good guy, and Dark Order turning on them, looking like the bad guy. They are called the Dark Order, uh, and then he goes to uh, the Elites. I don't know. I, I kind of think that could, uh, could happen. But anyways, on All Out, uh, Donnie, you won. Uh, you got eight points, eight of them correct. 
and I got five. Uh, so good job there, sir. Very, very nice. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move thank on you, to Clash you. of the Castle part. So first of all, the first match I'm going to talk about um, <clears throat> uh, was, uh, and I think Marlo, uh, yourself, and I all said that this match was going to steal the show, and it did. I really think it did. I thought it was amazing. Gunther came out. Uh, he put the Imperial, uh, Imperial team back together. Uh, had all three members there uh, versus Sheamus. Man, what a what a fight Sheamus put on. Uh, I thought it was awesome. And Gunther, he's no slouch whatsoever. Uh, you can definitely see why he's called the ring uh, general. But, Donnie, you're actually the only one that got it correct because uh, Marlo and myself both picked Sheamus to win this match. Um, and... I really, I was on the fence. I could see it go either way. But uh, it's very interesting. And I'll tell you something else that's interesting. Is if you notice here lately, uh, Butch, who uh, wrestled a match on either SmackDown or Raw. Uh, I think it was SmackDown versus Gunther's uh, buddy. Uh, he looked like Pete Dunne. He didn't have the hat on. He didn't have that stupid gear on. Uh, he had his hair down. And he looked like, and he actually won with the bitter end. Um, so I got, I, that kind of got me more excited than this match because <laughs> I'm a, I'm a huge, uh, Pete Dunn fan. And, uh, so I was very glad to see that. But anyways, this match right here was awesome. I think it did steal the show. Um, Gunther, you know, he did retain his title, but man, oh man, my hats off. You've got to give Sheamus his props. It was a fantastic match. Your thoughts? Yeah, Sheamus has always delivered, uh, especially when he's in the ring with the right. Yeah, uh, you're right. I mean, he does deliver uh, every time uh, that he's in the ring and uh, he gets things going. So, uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's, that, like I said, I can't uh, talk enough about how great that match was. Uh, let's see. So the next match. So, the, like I was saying, the next match, um, <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, <clears throat> we have a new member of the Bloodline. So, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre uh, for the undisputed uh, title. And I thought that that was a decent match. I thought Drew McIntyre, uh, he tried to show out in front of his home, home country. Um, and I thought it was interesting. But... The Usos' baby brother shows up, pulls the ref out, distracts Drew McIntyre, and Roman Reigns hits him with a spear and retains his title. All is well and all is correct in the world now. The Tribal Chief is the undisputed champion. Uh, so I thought that was I thought it was a good match. Uh, you, you know that I've had my issues with Drew McIntyre being in a high-profile match like this, um, but I thought he did okay. I mean, it was okay. I, I, I liked at the end, uh, I'm a Tyson Fury guy, so uh, I like Tyson getting in there. The only thing is, is I thought Tyson was, was going to end up decking him or something, but that didn't happen. He started singing a song, but it was kind of weak. <sighs> Anyways, uh, yeah, your thoughts on this one? Oh, man, so much to unpack. So, Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Don't mean to interrupt you. Uh, I didn't give the prediction. So Marlo actually picked Drew. 
you and I both got this correct. We both picked Roman to win. Go ahead. Yeah, and that's very very true. Um, you know, it was a good match. I think both guys, uh, the match played to both of their strengths. It really looked like they were giving us reason to believe that Drew was going to unseat Roman here. And I wouldn't have been opposed to it, even if it was just for a short period of time for him to get that home country cheer for winning the Undisputed Universal Championship. And they certainly were hinting that there was a lot of people around ringside who could get involved. I mean, we saw that Karrion Cross and Scarlett were there. Tyson Fury was there. And obviously we had Solo Sokoa, who pulled the referee out at the last minute, which led to Roman Reigns spearing Drew and winning the match. My issue is not with Roman Reigns winning the match and still being Universal Champion. I think that's fine. I think to me, though, the way in which he wins these matches, that's what becomes super predictable. Um, because in this particular case, the Jimmy and Jay were not there, so, so what are they going to do? Oh, well, let's get another member of the Uso family to interfere and to me, I'm just like, you know, Roman doesn't Roman doesn't need to do that. He can destroy people on his own. Um, and I think that would have been really a good way for him to put the exclamation point on how he's the tribal chief, the big dog, the, you know, in God mode and everything by just pinning Drew McIntyre clean the old-fashioned way um, to give him bragging rights. And the problem is now, where does Drew McIntyre go from here? How is he going to be a viable contender for Roman from this point on? It, it To me, it felt a lot like the whole Lex Luger moment when he was supposed to unseat Yokozuna in 1993. And instead, he... Yeah, he ended up not winning that match. They even did a uh, old thing on uh, Luger where uh, he was supposed to be like uh, this bodybuilder and, and for America and so forth. So, uh, yeah, I definitely see where you're going with that. Uh-huh. Uh, the one thing I have to say, though, that I do disagree with you on is, uh, dude, what better way to bring out a new member of the new blood? I mean, of the, of the blood, man. Come on. What, what a better way to do that? I mean, I guess it just was, like I say, it was, it was just, it was predictable. Yeah, of course somebody's going to show up and pull the referee out or... <laughs> Get on, jump up on the apron. Roman Roman always has an Uso in the back of his pocket. <laughs> That's why he's the tribal chief. And uh, <laughs> I had no, I, I had no idea that guy was going to show up, man. Uh, as far as I knew, he was still chasing the uh, the title, uh, the North American title on uh, NXT. So uh, it was a pleasant surprise to me. And uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, so the next match, uh, all three of us got it wrong, and I just don't understand, once again, uh, the outcome of this match. Yeah. Uh, the women's championship, Liv Morgan, she actually defeated Shayna Baszler uh, fair and square. So I, I just I don't understand. Uh, you build up Shayna Baszler, uh, you even uh, kind of tease a, uh, a battle between upcoming feud with the uh, Ronda Rousley, uh, everybody knows her friends in real life, and then you have her cleanly lose to Liv Morgan. I don't get it. Your thoughts? Would have been a different scenario, and I would have felt differently about the ending if Liv Morgan had been booked better up until this point, but she hasn't been. So this whole idea that suddenly she was able to muster up the strength to beat Shayna Baszler clean as a whistle, 
I, I just didn't buy it. I mean, to me, I, I figured this was going to be an easy win for Shayna Baszler. Easy in the sense that, yes, of course she's going to win because they're, they're going to build towards her and Ronda Rousey in the coming months. Um, I figured she's a Kira Fuda clutch uh, away from becoming the SmackDown Women's Champion. And this, this hurts her credibility. There's no question about it, because now how are they going to say, oh, well, Shayna Baszler, she, it, it was a fluke victory for Liv Morgan, and Shayna's going to choke her out the next time that they wrestle. I, I, I just I don't see that happening. No, I, you know, I thought about that after this match. Uh, where does Shayna Baszler go from here? The only thing I can think of is she gets another tag team partner. Uh, pretty much her, uh, her individual career, and she's such a great athlete. Uh, but to lose cleanly to Liv Morgan, I mean, and I'm, I know I'm not the only guy that thinks this way, uh, makes you look pretty pathetic. So, and, and she's, she's supposed to be one of the baddest, uh, females that, uh, that are in the game right now. And, uh, I don't know, man, uh, maybe, uh, that superhero chick will come back and she can team up with her. Um, uh, then the uh, next match, we actually all got this correct, Marlo, yourself, and me. Uh, and that was Alexa Bliss, Asuka, and Bianca Belair. <laughs> they lost to Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. Um, so I thought this was a decent match. Um, I really was impressed by Bailey. Uh, man, she looks really good. This is the first time she's been in the ring since she's been back, as, as far as an actual match. And, uh, I thought she looked really good. Um, she really, uh, you know, she got the victory. Um, I, I thought it was a good match. I think she's championship bound. Uh, I think she's going to beat your little girl uh, with the big braids. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, she made a definitive statement that she's coming for Bianca's title and to score a victory over her, even if it is non-title, scoring a victory over her, a victory is a victory. And it immediately puts you in line for a title shot. So I think that match is going to be coming up. And the EST is really going to have to just kind of hunker down and reestablish, I should say, her dominance if she's going to end up retaining the Raw Women's Championship. No, uh, she, uh, she doesn't need to be champion anymore. Um, <laughs> so uh, the next match... I don't really have a whole lot to say about that one, unless you've got something else. I, I, uh, no, no. I no. mean, that was that was one of those wash matches to me, you know. So yeah. uh, the next match was actually uh, very good. Uh, I thought uh, I thought it was real good, actually. Um, if it wasn't for, and we made this prediction on the last episode, if it wasn't for the Gunther and Sheamus match, I think this match would have stole the show. Um, I'm actually the only one out of us three that got this one correct. Uh, is Seth Rollins versus Riddle. Uh, and uh, I, I really enjoyed that match. I thought both of them showcased their talent. Uh, Seth did uh, get a little cocky there and was going to do like the RKO. Um, I do think that they need to give the RKO, the Randy Orton Riddle thing, a rest. Uh, somebody needs to put that to bed and just be done because Riddle is actually a good enough talent. And this is going to surprise you that I'm saying this, but after watching that match, Riddle is a good enough talent to where he no longer needs to depend on the name Randy Orton or the moves from Randy Orton, in my opinion. Your thoughts? 
Uh, yeah, it's been, well, well, speaking of stealing people's moves, I mean, we talk about how Riddle's been doing the RKO for a while. He really needs to stop doing the RKO. He has enough in his arsenal that more than makes him uh, as a wrestler. He doesn't need to rely on his connection to Randy. I also think, and people might disagree with me on this, but I actually wish that Seth Rollins would stop doing the pedigree because that's a Triple H thing, and that feud's been over for a long time, and I don't think that Seth Rollins needs the pedigree as a part of his repertoire anymore. He has so many other moves that he delivers beautifully, you know, it's time to let that one go, too. But I, I agree with you 100% on uh, Matt Riddle and moving on from Randy Orton. Yeah, so I disagree with you on the pedigree. Uh, the reason why is because I like seeing Seth do it because he is the guy, when he came back and that feud was going on, uh, he is the King Slayer. And that's just a reminder <laughs> of what he did. So uh, I actually like that. Uh so the next match, um, none of us got it correct. However, I did make a correct prediction in this match, but I don't get any points for it. It was uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio versus Judgment Day. Uh, Edge and Mysterio actually won the match, uh, which I don't understand unless they're going to bury this Judgment Day thing altogether. And if they're going to bury it, bury it and be done. Move on. Uh, if not, then build it up. But at the end of the match, finally, uh, Dominique Mysterio turns on Edge and his father. However, he does not join Judgment Day, at least not right then and there. He walks off. Uh, Finn Balor and the rest of Judgment Day are in the ring uh, trying to recover from their loss. And the look of shock on their faces was pretty convincing. It wasn't like that they seen this coming or... This was a plan or anything of that nature. So, uh, you know, very, very uh, interesting turn there at the end. I don't understand why they gave Edge and Mysterio the victory over uh, the Judgment Day, but the ending at the very end after the match was over was something that I thought was going to happen a couple months ago, uh, and I think it's about time, uh, in my opinion. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, and uh, I mean, I agree with you. I think that the wrong team won this match if they're trying to build up Judgment Day. No disrespect to Edge and Rey Mysterio. Said it before. Incredible respect for them. They're both legends in the ring. But um, they didn't need this win, whereas Finn Balor and Damian Priest did. And at this point, if they're just going to kill the Judgment Day thing eventually, then, then they should just do it and get it over with. But um, I don't actually think, based on the way the events unfolded, that Dominic's going to join... Judgment Day. I think, I think if anything, what should happen is he should disappear from TV for a few weeks, come back with a mask, and basically start to forge his own path as a wrestler. And eventually they can build towards a match between him and Rey Mysterio. Um, and then after that, Rey could officially retire from the ring. Um, that's what I would personally do. I, I don't really think that Dominic fits within the whole Judgment Day, you know, I guess, dynamic. Um, but this was, I mean, this was expected at some point. We just didn't know when they were going to pull the trigger on it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I agree to an, an extent. Uh, first of all, he's not good enough to go against Ray one-on-one. Uh, and he's got a lot of, a, if he ever gets there, and I mean, I'm putting a huge question mark beside that, 
um, he's got a lot of years uh, to go before he he can ever uh, do retire his dad or even come close to it. He's not going to be he's he's not the one, in my opinion. Um, but anyway, so uh, Clash at the Castle. Uh, Marlo actually only got one point. <laughs> um, uh, Donnie, you got three, and I got three. So Donnie, you're actually the winner. Uh, you got eleven points or eleven correct answers of uh, between both the pay-per-views, and I had a total of eight. So fantastic job, man! Way yes, pick the winners. So great job. Um, before, and I'm just going to touch on this because I know we're running out of time. Before we talk a little bit, just a little bit, because there's some interesting things that happen on Worlds Collide on NXT. Um, do you have any final thoughts about All Out or Clash of the Champions? Well, I mean, as far as WWE goes, I think that right now they're still on a good path to producing some of the best programming they've produced in a lot of years. There's rumors flying around all over the internet about more wrestlers that are going to be coming back. So I'm excited to see if any of those actual actually come to fruition. Man, AEW, for all the talent that they have in that company, things are just a mess behind the scenes. And Tony Khan or Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks, the people who are in charge need to actually take charge. And they need to put some of these uh, wrestlers and their inflated egos, <coughs> CM Punk, on a leash before they before they drag the company uh, just completely down and there's a total collapse. Um, and then just uh, just really as and then I guess we can talk about NXT now if you want Kentucky guy. But I mean those are my thoughts on AEW. Like they're going to become a sinking ship very quickly if somebody doesn't take control. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I think that uh, out of the two pay-per-views, even though uh, the WWE only had uh, like five or six matches compared to AEW, the ton of matches they have uh, on their pay-per-view, um, WWE, I think, won the weekend, in my opinion. Uh, not counting uh, Worlds Collide with NXT, but just uh, if you if you put them together up, up right next to each other, like compared apple to apples on... WWE uh, on their pay-per-view, the Clash at the Castle, and AEW uh, All Out, even though AEW had far more matches, in my opinion, and I'm an AEW guy, I, I, I love the concept. Uh, I told you this before, I, I, I like that they finally, wrestlers have an opportunity and a choice to go to a division and make money, uh, and they can use that as leverage, but I think this weekend... In my opinion, WWE won. What do you think? I wouldn't dispute that, in all honesty. I think except for the ending of All Out, which was which was done really well, done masterfully, to be perfectly honest. I think, yeah, WWE definitely won one weekend. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm an MJF guy. You know what I'm saying? So you're absolutely <laughs> on the end. Uh, but... You know, if you if you do the accounting for all of it, uh, did the correct guy win the title on AEW? No. Did the correct guy win the title on WWE? Yes. So, you know, that bears in mind the factor. So, what this was on uh, Worlds Collide, real quick, uh, we won't go into full detail. I don't know how many uh, audience members actually watch NXT. I used to be an NXT guy until they did this 2.0 stuff, and I've uh, started watching it again because Shawn Michaels, uh, he's he's very good and creative. 
and uh, kind of like some of the things that he's doing. But this was where NXT UK is gone. They're done. Uh, and they're unifying titles. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, the main title, of course, was the uh, NXT UK world title and the NXT uh, US world title, which was uh, Tyler Bate. Uh, he was the U- he was the UK champion uh, going against Ron ba- uh, Breaker, who, dude, you're a Steiner. Get rid of that stupid name. Your, your dad's the talk face gl- gremlin. I mean, come on. You dress like him. You act like him. Get rid of that stupid name, Braun Breaker. But anyways, Braun Breaker actually won the match, and he actually won it fair and square. Uh, but I have to say, uh, Tyler Bates, uh, he put on a heck of a show, man. A heck of a show. I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of this or not, but uh, I thought that was a very, very good match. Yeah, I mean, it was it was an interesting clash of styles, undoubtedly. And Tyler Bates always been really, really talented based on the little bit that I've watched of NXT UK. And there's no question Braun Breaker is a is a rising star. I think he's I think he definitely gets it. We know he's got a great look. We know he's got that that wrestling lineage to live up to. I I, I honestly at this point don't understand why they don't just call him Braun Steiner. I mean <laughs> he's a Steiner. So it's so painfully obvious. He said in an interview, this is going to blow your mind. I watched an interview when he first came on the scene uh, to NXT. He did an interview on a podcast, and he's used the name Braun Breaker as even in the independent wrestling league because he wants to keep his legacy separate from his dad. And I'm sitting there thinking, dude, you dress like your dad and your uncle. You do the barking like your dad and your uncle. I mean... How are you, you're not separating at all, in my opinion, uh, the legacies. Uh, does that blow your mind? That blew my mind when I watched that interview. That, that, that definitely blew my mind. I did not know that. Yeah, because, uh, you know, a lot of people, I think, out there, and, and I would have been one if I wouldn't have uh, just stumbled across that podcast, uh, who would have thought that this was Vince McMahon or WWE's doing, uh, changing his name and, and what have you. But no, this is... Uh, this is all on him, man. All on him. So uh, another uh, unification title. Uh, it was actually a triple uh, title. It was a triple threat match. Uh, and uh, Blair Davenport versus Mandy Rose versus Miko Santomara. Uh, Mandy Rose won that match, um, and she won it without Toxic. And uh, I think that just goes to show uh, the push continues for Mandy Rose. And... Uh, I'm actually happy for her. Uh, I thought it was a decent match, but uh, I really liked the outcome of that match. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, it's very clear that in, in the NXT brand, they're going all in on Mandy Rose. And, I mean, she has definitely completely rein, reinvented herself down there. She changed her look. She got better in the ring. She's getting better with her promos. I think when it's eventually time for her to come back up to the main roster, she's going to have... Uh, she, she's going to leave a much bigger impact and, and leave a bigger impression on people than she did the previous time. Because previous time, people just looked at her as kind of a blonde bombshell with a great physique and who was briefly Otis's girlfriend, and that was basically it. Right, and uh, being Otis's girlfriend disgusted me. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, so, and then uh, the uh, tag team titles were also unified uh, during this. Uh, you had the Diamond Mine uh, versus uh, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen uh, versus uh, uh, Gallus and then versus uh, Pretty Deadly. Pretty Deadly ended up winning this match uh, and actually the the only match that the Americans uh, NXT uh, actually lost. Pretty Deadly has been the U, uh, NXT uh, champion before. But I thought what was, was interesting was the way they won. The way they won was the uh, other member of Diamond Mine actually turned against uh, his guys. Before, they, before this match, before the show, uh, they actually cut to the outside and uh, somebody had beat the heck out of Roger Strong and he was carried off in an ambulance and actually they, you know, they said he was in the hospital during this match. And then this guy turns on Diamond Mine, the, the uh, Creed brothers, I think's their name. Uh, don't know them very well, but they look pretty good in the ring. Turns on them and pretty deadly wins. Um, that kind of threw me for a loop there. Uh, shocked me. I, I don't know what you thought, but that was very interesting to me. No, I definitely could have, couldn't have predicted it. I, you know, uh, I, I think I think the guy that turned on them, I think his name's Damon Kemp, if I remember right, and he and he was the newest member of Diamond Mind. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was pretty that was pretty shocking to see that, and kind of makes you wonder where's uh, where is Diamond Mind going to go from this uh, point forward? Because because they don't have uh, Malcolm Bivens or Stokely Hathaway as their mouthpiece anymore. I think it's basically been Roderick Strong who's been doing most of the talking for the group. Yeah, and then, uh, yes, and uh, I actually called last Tuesday's uh, NXT show uh, because I'm a addict when it comes to wrestling. Uh, but anyways, I, I caught that show, and they actually, uh, it looked like they were actually going to turn on Roderick Strong. Uh, so I think the Diamond Mine, I think they're done. I, I, I think that... Uh, this was the final nail in the coffin, and uh, it'll come out that that same guy uh, actually is the one that beat the crap out of Roger Strong before the show, and uh, I, I, I just, I think they're done. Um, and then you have the, uh, uh, another shocking victory. Uh, North American Championship was on the line. You have Ricochet versus Carmelo Hayes. Uh, why, 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 why? Why do you bring a talent like Ricochet back to NXT have them fight for a title, and lose. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I like Carmelo Hayes. I like him a lot. But I do not understand this choice uh, by creative whatsoever. Your thoughts? Rick, Ricochet, I know, is, is definitely a Triple H guy, and I think that's part of the reason why they had him come down to have this match against Carmelo Hayes because he's a former NXT North American champion. He wanted to put the younger talent, even though Ricochet's not old per se, but the younger talent over, and Triple H figured, well, Ricochet's a um, reliable guy. But to be perfectly honest, at this point, Ricochet's stock has fallen so much that I don't see much of a point in him remaining with WWE. I, th I feel like when his contract expires, he'd be better off in a place like Impact or New Japan. I'm not going to say AEW because he'd probably get lost in the shuffle there. But definitely a another company where he could be at the forefront because I just don't feel like WWE is using his talents to, to you know to their to their fullest extent. I agree 100. percent And I think that uh, 
before he does it, I think he should turn heel. I've said that for a while now. Uh, I I think he, uh, I don't know if you've uh, ever seen him as a heel, but he used to be Puma on uh, Impact a long time ago. And uh, he was a heel on there. And he's, I don't know, he doesn't do the talking, right? He, he's not a promo guy when he comes, when he's in that character. But, uh, oh my goodness, some of the matches I've seen him win, uh, putting people through tables and everything, and I don't know. Uh, you're right, though. They're underutilizing him the same way they are uh, AJ Styles. So I feel they're both in the same boat there. Uh, and I look for AJ Styles to maybe. And I know Warren, Warren told me that uh, AJ Styles is happy where he's at, uh, that uh, you know he's making money and he's a family guy now and this and that. I just, for some reason, I think he's going to jet. I, I, I just don't think he's happy uh, with the bookings he's receiving. That's just me, though. But uh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I I, I personally think AJ is going to stay put because I, f- I think he probably feels like he's accomplished everything outside of WWE that he could accomplish. And don't and don't forget, he himself is a multi-time WWE champion, and he's held the he's held the U.S. title, the Intercontinental title, tag team titles. He's done pretty much everything in WWE, and I think at this point, it really is just about job security and and being able to support his family i don't think he's you know aj's a guy who's always been willing to play ball provided that he's not buried which he hasn't been buried he just has been on the losing end of certain matches recently yeah it just it seems like he's put so many people over uh he's losing credibility that's just my opinion i'm an aj styles fan i've been for Many, many years before he was cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but uh, yeah, so that is uh, also, you guys keep hearing us uh, mention Warren. Warren uh, actually was on the show a few episodes ago. That's why he was able to make his predictions for SummerSlam. He, uh, he's the host and creator of Buzzing with Marlowe. He's a pro- uh, former professional wrestler. I am actually the Kentucky guy going to be on his show this Friday. So if you get a chance, I'll be on there. Uh, our interview is at 4 p.m. And, uh, yeah, it should be uh, interesting. Uh, very excited about going on there. Don't know what in the world he has planned because I've watched his videos on YouTube. And, man, his guests are uh, uh, some of the things he does. So I don't know what he's going to do. But anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, so, Donnie, that's all I have for today's show, sir. Uh, any final thoughts or anything for the audience from you? My final thoughts are ju- are just check out uh wa- check out uh, Warren Marlowe's uh, show Buzz- buzzing with Marlowe this Friday uh, to hear from the Kentucky guy. Yeah, and and you know we don't do video podcast here yet because there's not enough companies that are set up. But I'll actually be on video with them. So yeah, so if you haven't watched any of the videos uh, that I do on social media, check it out. But uh, yeah, you've been listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast with your hosts. Host is Donnie Cage and the Kentucky guy. Hey, hope you guys have a great week. I know it's Monday, but hey, Friday will be here before you know it. And as always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all for tuning in. Woo-hoo.